0: Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, and I think I'm going to start going by the codename of Hago, hey but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, yeah, been a while, been a while. Um, you're probably wondering what I've been doing over the week, because, uh, yeah, another episode uh, did not happen last week, and the reason behind that was because uh, a very... Rude visitor showed up, known as Miss Rona, along uh, along my domicile. And let me tell you, she was not the uh, the homeliest of uh, of roommates. You know, she was she was really rude. She left her stuff everywhere. Uh, you know, she yelled at the neighbors, which is always really awkward to uh, encounter. Um, but yeah. Um, And because of that, like, normally I would just, like, kind of, like, power through it and uh, try and record something anyway. But, like, one of the the things that ended up happening while she was around was, like, it it just hurt when I swallow. Which is, like, it's not really that big of a deal, but, like, you know, it's just kind of inconvenient. And it is kind of a problem if you're going to be talking for, like, a good amount of time, so... Yeah, that's kind of why I ended up not doing it, Um, but it's all good. She has left the building and thank gosh for that, like, did anyone ever actually like her? Like, let's be real, did anyone actually like her? Because, ugh, not very fun. But anyway, now, now that that's done, let's talk about some more Warhammer 40k. Now we talked about Space Marines. We talked about the Imperial Guard. We talked about them quite extensively. But get this, but wait, there's more when it comes to the uh, Imperium. The Imperium have way more sub-factions going on in their lives. And so here I'm going to be talking about uh, all of them. Now, these sub-factions aren't quite as... uh, They're not quite as, I guess, hugely versatile as the Space Marines or the Imperial Guard. Like, the Space Marines have, like, 20 First Founding chapters. The Imperial Guard have, like, dozens of regiments. Uh, These guys, they're not quite as big, so I can, like, fit them more into just a singular episode. Or two episodes, whatever this ends up being. Uh, But... Let's start off with probably like the big cheeses of the Imperium. Uh the Inquisition, nobody ever expects them and they're probably the source of a lot of a lot of the memes. If you've ever heard of Exterminatus, that's these guys. So the Inquisition is basically li- like the secret police of the Imperium. I've mentioned before that the Imperium is very particular about finding and snuffing out heresy and they go a little bit over the top with it. This is basically a lot of their, the source of the memes here, the Inquisition. Uh, The way that they put it is uh, like they go by the motto of innocence proves nothing which should give you an idea on exactly how they're going. These guys are a secret police uh, that doesn't care if you're innocent. Even if, like, you're proven innocent, that that, that proves nothing. They will still kill you regardless. So, the Inquisition, formerly called the Holy Orders of the Emperor's Inquisition, but then they went with the Inquisition just because that's less of a mouthful, is a secret organization that exists outside of the standard administrative hierarchy of the Imperium of Man. The Inquisition acts as the secret police force of the Imperium, hunting down any and all of the myriad of threats to the stability of the God Emperor's realm. From the corruption caused by the forces of Chaos, Heretics, Mutants, and Rebels, to assaults from vicious alien species like the Tyranids, Orcs, or Drukari, which we'll get into at a later time. The Inquisition's famous sigil was derived from the personal heraldry of Malcador the Sigillate the Regent of Terror during the Great Crusade and the Horus Heresy, and, fun fact, the second most powerful Psyker in the Imperium of Man, after the Emperor himself. And now, Malkador was the one who created the f- secret organisation, um, and kind of caused uh, everything that these guys do to happen... The Master of Mankind had ordered the Sigilate to find a group of men and women of an inquisitive nature to search out the enemies of the Imperium whether they lay within or without. The Inquisition is mostly divided into three major orders of Ordos Majoris in High Gothic and many other minor ones each one dedicated to confronting a specific threat to the continued survival of the Imperium and humanity. So, first off, the Inquisitors of the Order Malleus and their chamber militant, the Space Marines of the Grey Knights, seek to confront and defeat the forces of Chaos and the other threats from beyond, wherever they assault Imperial space. So the Order Malleus is basically focusing on Chaos. The Ordo Xenos, as the name might expect, which also works with the Astartes of the Deathwatch, defend the Imperium from the myriad of alien threats that lie outside its borders. So these guys are your aliens. And then the Ordo Hereticus, uh, which runs the Adeptus Sororitus, seek to combat all of the very human threats to the Imperium that lie within its organization. And these guys are the ones that are probably gonna be shooting you down for heresy. So just to give, just to give a bit of a recap, the Auto Malleus deal with Chaos, and they have the Grey Knights to help them. The Auto Xenos deal with Xenos, aliens, and they have the Death Watch to help them. And the Auto Hereticus deal with Heretics, and they have the Adeptus Sororitas to help them out with that. Um, and yeah, this is also where we get our, uh, our beloved Exterminatus. If uh, if a planet is deemed to be too corrupted by Chaos or Heresy or Xenos, um, an Inquisitor has the authority to, in- to cause Exterminatus, where they basically launch a bunch of nukes on the planet and basically just wipe out all life on that planet. And despite the memes, that doesn't actually happen super often. The Imperium can't really afford to just be destroying planets left, right, and center, so obviously they don't do it very often. It's only ever used as a last resort. So, next up, uh, we're going to be talking about a little something called the Adeptus Mechanicus, which also have a... well actually, I'll talk about it later. but. The Adeptus Mechanicus is actually a pretty cool-looking subfaction. The Adeptus Mechanicus, which is also known as the Cult of the Machine, is a group that is based on Mars, and they essentially provide the Imperium with its scientists, engineers, and technicians. These guys are basically the ones that build all the shit. So, the tech adepts of the Mechanicus are the primary keepers of what is viewed as sacred wisdom. Remember, during the dark ages of technology, a lot of of the blueprints and knowledge on how to build all of these machines got lost. The Adeptus Mechanicus, at this point, are the only people who actually still know how to make it. They are a privileged castle of tech priests who jealously guard the knowledge required to maintain and construct a lot of the technology. In ancient times, before the current age of the Imperium officially began following the end of the Horus Heresy, the Adeptus Mechanicus was instead called the Mechanicum. Basically, something that has the word mech in it is going to be these guys. Now, the Adeptus Mechanicus was formally separated from the larger Mechanicum of Mars by Order of the Council of Terror, which happened after the Red Planet had fallen to the Order of the Traitor faction of the Mechanicum, loyal to the Warmaster Horus, later called the Dark Mechanicum. So, Chaos also have the Mechanicum here. However, the Imperium managed to take Mars back, and that is where the Mechanicum is being... The Adeptus Mechanicus is being set these days. Now, the unique thing about the Cult of the Machine is that they acknowledge the Emperor of Mankind as the ruler of the Imperium, but not the religious truth of the Imperial Cult or the Ecclesiarchy. Um, So what this means is basically they acknowledge that that the Emperor is their ruler, but they don't see him as a god like everybody else does. Instead, uh, they follow this. uh, This they worship a strange deity uh, that they call the Machine God or the Omnisire, uh, and they have this belief that all machines, all technology, have a spirit within them, and basically, you need to treat it with respect in order for it to work. Which is a really good way of being like, don't blame us if the stuff doesn't work. But yeah, that's an interesting thing. So the Inquisition which, you know, you know, will deal with uh, a lot of heresy over the days. They'll look at this and be like they'll look at the Mechanicus not worshiping the Imperium and they'll be like, "You know what? We could kill you for heresy, but we'll allow it because you build all of our shit." So Worship this Omnisire all you want, and then you have like a random Imperium civilian who got murdered over much less, and they're just like, what? It is a sad day to be in the Imperium. But anyway, the Imperium also regards organic flesh as being weak, And they view the removal and replacement of biological tissue with mechanical bionic parts as sacred. Uh, Hence, we get cyborgs with this group. Some really cool-looking cyborgs. Like um, He's been on the show before, but if you remember Chris from the MCU movie episodes, he has said numerous times that if he were to ever play Warhammer, he'd probably go with uh, either Space Marines or maybe the Mechanicus or the orcs. Uh, the Mechanicus mostly because they just look so cool. Like all of the soldiers look so cool with their cybernetic parts all over the place. The one thing that they don't have the cool factor for is their like sentries and their mechs and all of that stuff. Not the not the Titans or anything like that, but just like their Like, I think there's one battle suit in particular that looks really goofy and really out of place. And it's like, that one kind of sucks. But everything else looks really cool for the Mechanicus. Most elder tech priests have few organic parts left, and eventually become more machine than man. By their own choice, they're like, Ooh, yes, give me more of that sweet, sweet metal. Mars is also the very first forge world of the Imperium, so it's a very uh, it's a very big thing for them. Some of the some of the forces that the Mechanicus have include uh, Questa Mechanicus Knights, Electro Priests, Skatari, Combat Servitors, and the most important one of all, Titans. Yes indeed. A very specific part of the Mechanicus, known as the Collegia Titanica. Are in charge of the Titans the biggest war machines in the entire Imperium like we're dealing with massive massive things that are like like uh, hold on actually I'm gonna check this out but there are there are four classes of uh, Imperium Titans you've got the you've got the Scout class uh, the Reaver class the um, the Warlord class, I think it's called. And the Imperator class. Um... Yes. Yes, indeed. And yeah, these things are massive. The Imperator Titan has, like... It's basically like a walking castle. It's... It can house an entire army within it. These things are massive. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Imperator Titan... Is, like, the biggest that you can actually pay for in Warhammer. These things are huge. And obviously, according to their size, they have a lot of power behind them as well. The only problem with them is that, obviously, because they're so huge, they're very valuable. Um, They're very valuable, and they're even more valuable because... I'm pretty sure they still don't actually know how to recreate these titans. So, if a titan gets destroyed in battle, you're never getting that back. Because nobody knows how to make them again. Which is always going to be a pretty huge loss. Which is why the Imperium is very careful about sending these things out. They can wreck an entire battlefield whenever they are on field. But, like... If if it does get destroyed, that's, that's a huge loss for them. So they've got to be very careful with that. But yeah, that's where the Titans come from. Which is another reason to find the Mechanicus cool. Next up, we've got the Adeptus Sororitus. Now, these guys are also known as the Sisters of Battle, or the Sisterhood. And as the name would suggest, this is an army of exclusively women. Now, I have, haven't have mentioned this before, but uh, it is worth mentioning that space marines are all men. There are only male space marines, and I'm pretty sure the reason behind that is because they're based on the gene seed of their Primarch. And all of the Primarchs are men. And all of the Primarchs are men because they all were modelled after the, Imper- uh, the Emperor himself, who's obviously a man. Which is why there are no female space marines. There are female guardsmen, uh, but no female space marines. This, however, the Sisters of Battle, is a group of only women. Only female soldiers. So, if you want to play as a woman, or an army of women, this is your group to go for. Um, They are, as I had mentioned before, they are a division of the... um, of the Adeptus Hereticus, they're a branch of the Ecclesiarchy, which is all to do with the religion and all of that, Uh, and they serve as the Ecclesiarchy's armed forces, mercilessly rooting out spiritual corruption and heresy within humanity and every organization of the Adeptus Terra. There is naturally some overlap between the duties of the Sisterhood and the Imperial Inquisition. For this reason, although the Inquisition and the Sisterhood remain entirely separate organizations, the Orders Militant of the Adeptus Sororitus also act as the Chamber Militant of the Order Hereticus because they work together so often. The Sisters of Battle are commonly regarded as the same organization as the Adeptus Sororitas, but uh, the Sisters of Battle technically refers to only the Orders Militant of the Adeptus Sororitas, the best-known part of the organization to the public. Now, the Sisterhood, their job is basically rooting out corruption, heresy, all of that kind of stuff, and they do a pretty good job at it as well. And I will admit, like... So, it is worth mentioning that, uh, I think the Sisters of Battle at this point are probably one of the least popular factions to play as in Warhammer, mostly because they haven't actually gotten an update in, like, 12 years or something like that, but some of their stuff is really cool. Like, one of their main battle tanks is, like, it's a giant tank that has, like, a Massive church organ on it, which is like, that's metal. That's pretty darn metal, I'm not gonna lie. So it's like, yeah, that's. They're not really. They're not as diverse as other factions, mostly because they're not getting updated. Because, I don't know, has Games Workshop just completely forgotten about these guys' existence? I don't know. But yeah, that's pretty much the. Sisters of Battle's job, and also, uh, funnily enough, you can play as them in Dawn of War: Soulstorm. You can play as them instead of the Tyranids, which are a much more popular faction. It's kind of funny, uh, but yeah, that's the Sisters of Battle for you. Uh, next up, uh, since I was talking about, uh, well, these these women are pretty elite. You know what else is elite? the tempestus scions or as they're known in low gothic stormtroopers that's right the stormtroopers exist in warhammer 40k but they're very different from the ones in star wars these guys are the elite special forces of the astra of the um of the imperial guard and inquisition but officially belong to the subdivision of the Adeptus Administrarum, known as the Militarum Tempestus. These guys are basically your elite, super elite guardsmen. Trained from their youth by the scholar Progenium in the arts of war, stormtroopers are perhaps the finest soldiers ever to serve in the Imperial Guard. Armed with their trademark hotshot las guns and hell pistols, these soldiers take combat to the heart of the enemy with blinding speed and deadly precision. Their accuracy is aided by their highly protective carapace armors, integrated and distinctive omni shield helm targeting system. Yeah, these guys have all the best training and all the best gear and they're trained to carry out missions beyond the capabilities of the rank-and-file Guardsmen. Deep Strike Assaults, Reconnaissance, Infiltration, Sabotage, and Airborne or Orbital Insertion are just a few of the special operation missions with which Tempestus Scion and their equivalents in the Astra Militarum are regularly tasked. They're the very best that the Imperial Guard has to offer. Each man a perfect specimen of health and moral purity, Forged by experience and training. Not into a simple soldier, but into a one-man assault squad. Um, and they typically get put into other Imperial Guardsmen, uh, ranks. So, there's always a Stormtrooper, like a... There's a Stormtrooper variant of every, um, Imperial Guard, uh... Uh, regiment, that's the word. I remember when I was talking before in the Imperial Guard episodes about Cassican soldiers. I think I had mentioned them when I was talking about the Cadians. So, the Cassicans are basically just a special name for the Cadian stormtroopers. Now, they are a little bit different from the other stormtroopers because most other regiments kind of look at the Stormtroopers with disdain. They kind of see them as being, like, the rich boys who got to pay their way to the top and all of that stuff. Um, there's a bit of alienation because they weren't, you know, born and trained on the same planet. Cassicans are a bit special because they actually were trained and raised on the same planet as the Cadians. Cadia. So there is kind of that extra bond of, like, you know, we've We've all lived through Cadia's destruction. (laughs) And all of that. So, the Cadians actually probably like their elite soldiers the most, out of all of them. Even giving them a special name, Cassican. So next up we have the Death Watch. Now, the Death Watch are a unique chapter of Space Marines, they are, however, they're not exactly their own chapter, per se. They're seen as more... Well, I mean, they kind of serve more within the Inquisition rather than on their own. The Space Marines kind of operate on their own, kind of a little bit more divorced from the Inquisition. The Death Watch are a special group of veteran Space Marines that serve the Order Xenos as its chamber militant. Uh, they are the warriors of, the last, of last resort when the Inquisition needs access to firepower greater than that which the Imperial Guard or a team of its own acolytes or throne agents can provide. So, these guys are kind of like, they're kind of like s- your space marines, but f- specially for the auto-Xenos. And as such, they are a team that specializes in dealing with aliens and Xenos. Um, the reason why I don't say that they're a different chapter is because they're actually allowed to keep the insignia of their old chapters when they join the Death Watch. So yeah, it's like, you can't really say that they've joined a new chapter. It's kind of more a special branch of Space Marines that basically is specially designed to deal with, uh, Xenos. Um, it is the sacred task of the Death Watch to stand sentry against all of these terrible Xenos races. They're ready to act when such ancient evils rise to threaten mankind once more. The Space Marines of the Death Watch form the first and often only line of defense against these inhuman terrors. To be chosen by one's chapter to serve in the long vigil of the Death Watch is a great honor for any Space Marine. Only the most elite and experienced members of the chapter are ever chosen for this extremely hazardous tour of duty, the specifics of which must be kept secret by inquisitorial order and sacred oath even from a Deathwatch Astartes home chapter. Now, Death Watch Space Marines don't usually form the standard tactical groups like squads and companies generally used by the Space Marines. Instead, they operate as small special forces units in close-knit groups of specialists called kill teams. If a Xenos threat is particularly dangerous, several kill teams may be assigned to deal with it, but if the threat is still too much for even the Death Watch to handle, the Inquisition will be forced to turn to a full space marine chapter, or to multiple regiments of the Imperial Guard to deal with it. So that's kind of where they stand within all of this. And this, I think, is where I'm going to split the episode in half here. You know, kind of want to keep things a little bit little bit di- more digestible, I guess. And also, it's become kind of a tradition to split things into two parts. So, yeah. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. And you'll see the continuation all of the other sub-factions of the Imperium in the next episode. Until then... Have a good one.